Hi, and welcome back to another episode of my podcast, another cliche podcast. This week we have Elliot Worley. Is that how I pronounce your Perfect. Yay, I got it right. Um, so every episode we will cover a cliche and relate it back to our lives, maybe career-wise or education-wise, maybe personally, whether or not we think the cliche holds any truth to it. So Elliot, what cliche did you choose for this episode? Well, I did my homework and uh, looked up several lists of cliches to find one. And I, I think the one that kind of jumped out at me the most when I was looking up a few lists is that uh, not all that glitters is gold. What, what made you choose this particular one after looking at all of them? Well, kind of in a, I guess, a, a superficial sense, I am a geologist and I am doing uh, graduate research on gold specifically. So right away, I kind of felt a connection. Wait, wait, wait. For the people out there do, that do not know what a geologist is, can you just <laughs> Probably a lot that? of people, yeah. Um, a geologist is someone who studies the earth, who studies rocks. So that's both kind of an academic pursuit, but also everything that isn't uh, grown on a farm or fished from the oceans or hunted in the woods uh, is something that we've taken out of the ground. It's something we've taken out of rocks. So everything in your phone, your car, your computer, all of that kind of stuff has to be taken out of a rock somewhere by a geologist. And so gold is one of those things. It's something that we're uh, very interested in. It has a lot of economic and cultural value. And so we've been mining gold for thousands of years. I do my research on gold and the types of rocks that have gold. And so when I saw this cliche, I thought, yeah, it's, it's got to be that one. Is there a lot of value to Okay, my question to you. <laughs> if you ever go to a restaurant and sure. they have those fancy desserts with the gold sure. flakes, yeah, yeah. is that real? It, if it's a fancy, fancy restaurant, yeah, it probably is. One of the cool things about gold is that you can stretch it really, really thin and really, really flat and far. So what might look like gold leaf, uh, what might look like a lot of gold in kind of a two-dimensional leaf form, actually in terms of its mass is probably not a whole lot of gold. So oh. the fancy restaurants can afford to do that. Are we supposed to be eating that actually? I feel like it's not good for us. You know, I've never been put in a position to try. Uh, evidently, I go, don't go to fancy enough restaurants. I assume if they serve it to you, then it's probably fine. I mean, high enough gold concentrations definitely are toxic, <laughs> but probably yeah, not probably. that high. <laughs> okay, so you're researching gold, like, mm -hmm. currently. Currently. Okay, let's talk about that. Uh, well, really what it comes down to is that gold, and this is going to tie into what makes the cliche so interesting, is that gold is one of the rarest uh, and most difficult elements to find in, our, in the surface of our Earth, in our Earth's crust. Uh, as I said, for thousands of years, it has been one of the most sought after and valuable metals or minerals that, that we're looking for but it is exceptionally difficult to find. In our crust, the concentrations of gold are probably in the range of one or two parts per billion on average. And oh so we gosh. need to find rocks or places on our earth where gold has been concentrated. Something has happened in the earth to move gold into an area of higher concentration that then we can mine. That's called an ore deposit. Now, gold is very small, it's very rare. And so even in these rocks where there is gold, mm -hmm. you're never really going to see it that clearly. Or if you do, it's you get quite lucky to see it. So instead, what we need to understand are the visible properties of the rocks that host gold. So it's kind of like this. You're looking for a fire, but the fire is so small and so tiny that you're never going to walk out into the forest and actually see the flame. 
So instead, you learn what the smoke looks like. And so we're out here hunting smoke and, and learning what properties of rocks we can see oh that gosh. are indicative of gold being there. You're a gold digger. <laughs> a gold hunter. Yes, that is... Uh, <sighs> I'm sorry. No, that's fine. Well, that's we get it all the time. It's uh, there. There are many puns and jokes. Yeah, we're but subject to. Why is gold so valuable? I feel is it just because humans place that value on it, and now you're looking for it? Great question. Um, gold's original value. The things that we love about it uh, culturally and, and historically, going back thousands of years, uh, is that it's pretty. It's oh, it's, okay. It has a deep yellow color. It glistens. It does not need to, it doesn't tarnish, right? If you think of silver, for example, everyone needs to polish their silverware, went back when people had silverware. Uh, and that's because a metal like silver does oxidize or it does rust, mm -hmm. right? Your car rusts, gold never does. You never need to polish your ring. You never have that, that worry or that risk. It's very malleable. It's very easy to bend into shapes. And so we can make all kinds of different jewelry or coins or gold plating. It's, it's very easy to work with that way. Uh, and as I said, the, the biggest thing is that it's beautiful to look at. So it's beauty combined with those favorable properties, combined with the fact that it is quite, quite rare, uh, very quickly established gold as a symbol of wealth and the high life and, and of value. Now to your question of what do we actually do with it, um, unlike many things that we mine like iron or aluminum or anything like that, uh, gold has relatively little technological or industrial applications. So almost all of the gold that is mined mm -hmm. is smelted into gold bars, and these bars sit in bank vaults oh my under gosh. the possession of various governments or, or whoever buys. I mean, you can go uh, onto whatever stock, onto whatever, you know, whoever you bank with or whatever stock market you choose and buy gold. Yeah. Uh, and companies and, and governments hoard gold because we have collectively around the planet decided that gold is valuable. And this is a decision that's been made continuously uh, over a, a large period of history, such that now gold is one of the most uh, safe or, or consistent items of value. For example, more than uh, currencies of various countries you would bet on gold. Um, That's ridiculous. Yeah. Sorry. That's no, it is. It, is. it is quite strange, uh, especially because most of... Most it is the most sought after. It's, it's the gold standard, if you will. Reminding <laughs> you, most companies are after gold. And it's something that, again, we have relatively little practical use for. There is going to be gold in your computer and in your phones that does have some uh, small technological uh, applications because it's a very good conductor like copper. But again, compared to something like zinc or copper or iron or lead, there are so many applications for all of those materials mm -hmm. and none of them have remotely close to the same value that gold does. I've I feel like a manufacturer isn't going to be like, yeah, let's let's put gold in there because we're going to, yeah, no. I don't think Bad they idea. would nope. use gold because then what would the laptop would go for like much more, the phone yep. would go for much more. Um, have you ever thought of, because essentially you're researching how to identify potentially where gold could be sure. yep. and it has this high value. You should just like low-key find the answer go off fly somewhere find this gold and then sell it on the black market <laughs> uh it's an interesting uh, interesting idea uh, there are many people who try and do that right i think the and that's what a prospector is right maybe you've seen uh looney tunes like bugs bunny yosemite sam i don't know if you ever watched no. that show he was a prospector um the there is a definitely a caricature of, of a prospector in our culture, which is someone who goes off to seek their fortune and find a gold mine. 
And they are, <laughs> in my opinion, it's kind of the equivalent of saying, you know, asking a 10-year-old, like, what are your career plans when you grow up? And they say, I'm going to play in the NHL, or I'm going to be a pop star, or I'm going to be a famous. It's that level of... Uh, of competition and of, of low percentage uh, chance oh, of success, uh-huh. uh, especially now, you know, we live in a day and age where we've been exploring for gold for so, so, so long that all of the low hanging fruit or all of the easy, obvious places to look have been picked clean. And so finding gold in today's day and age, and that's why research like the research I'm doing is still valid or important, requires innovation and creative thinking because we've already picked clean the easy stuff. So we're starting to look in the, the more difficult places. Oh my gosh. But if you're like, I don't know, let's say you have to dig deeper or <laughs> ruin, don't, wouldn't you feel bad if you're ruining the environment? Yeah, it's a, a, I'm glad it's a I good mean? thing to bring up. I wanna... No, that's totally fine. Okay. Uh, we, As geologists, we all need to be able to field these questions. Uh, and of course, almost all geologists, I mean, everyone that I've met, you know, this is obviously something we're informed about and that we care about. Um, working in a country like Canada, If you want to open a mine or if you want to do any kind of uh, exploration work or activity that is damaging to the surface of the earth, um, it needs to go through government regulation. So before you even open a mine, you have to submit a plan to the government that details how long the mine will be in operation. And then when the mine's life is extinguished, what the reclamation looks like. So what procedures and policies are you going to use to return the mine site to something that is is similar to what it was before? Oh, so now, absolutely, and it's it's very important to mention, mining in other parts of the world where these regulations uh, either don't exist or aren't as strictly enforced um, can be very destructive to the environment and it can be very uh, damaging and difficult, damaging to and difficult for um, communities, anyone who's living near to a yeah, mine site. Absolutely, there can be issues uh, with groundwater pollution and mine tailing leakage and, and things like that. But, and so as a geologist, you have to be very, you have to do your homework on who you work for and where the project is. But again, in first world countries, Australia, Canada, the States, these regulations are are well established and and we're all very cognizant of the environmental impact of what we're doing. I mean, I know you've mentioned that you've kind of worked abroad too, right? Well, my my work work has been in Northern Ontario. Oh. Uh, I have been to West Africa on a more kind of research field trip capacity to Mm -hmm. visit some of the gold mines there and to see uh, how they operate. It's, again, an interesting point. If an international company uh, is has mining operations in a country that maybe has looser restrictions, although I was in Ghana and Ghana is is an excellent mining country. Um, But an international company will hold itself to the same standards that they would in a first world country, right? Because they're an international company, they're traded publicly, they get a lot of press in first world countries, and you don't want to be the company that is, you know, following the law in Canada and mm-hmm. then, you know, kind of shitting the bed in, in Burkina Faso or something, right? You don't want to be uh, holding yourself to two different sets of standards. I see. Okay, that's fair. I was just wondering how the, the law would yep. even work behind that, so... Um, so bringing it back to the cliche, wait, does gold even glitter? Oh, abs- have you never seen a, a gold ring? Or- yeah. If you hold them up to really the sun, glit. well, <laughs> you'll have to forgive the, the poets for that one. Maybe they're getting a little imaginative. Um, but yeah, absolutely. It, we, we call that a luster. It has a very strong metallic luster. Okay. 
But not all that lusters. Yeah, it doesn't see it doesn't roll off not the tongue so well. You gotta have that alliteration. Glitters is gold. Oh, okay, okay, got it, got it, got it. Makes sense now. But where that cliche so now that we've kind of done our, our homework on gold and the geology of gold, where the cliche actually comes from is the fact that gold uh very commonly, almost ubiquitously, occurs with other minerals or other materials that have similar visual or physical properties. So you identify gold primarily by its color. It has a deep yellow or gold color. Uh, mm -hmm. And by its glitter, its shine. There are- It's luster, if it's, you will. It's luster for, for the educated amongst us. Um, there are many minerals, a few in particular, that very regularly occur with gold that are also of a yellowish color and that have a metallic, shiny glister or, or luster to them. Oh, what are they? Uh, fool's gold is, is oh. the biggest one. So that's the mineral pyrite. And it so commonly occurs with gold and so many young geologists have held up a piece of pyrite and said to themselves, man, I'm gonna be rich. Uh, only to later learn that, of course, they are the fool. Because again, these minerals uh, occur closely with each other and they incur in the same types of rocks and pyrite is much more common. Fool's gold is much more common than gold is. Uh, and so, yeah, everyone has made, I think all young geologists have made that mistake of just getting too excited and thinking too far ahead and seeing something that is really fool's gold, but just taking it to the bank and going up to your friend or, or your boss and saying, look, it's gold. And yeah. But then to like a person who doesn't well, couldn't they just, they could still sell it, no one would know, right? <laughs> uh, oh my gosh, I'm cynical. <laughs> unfortunately, uh, or I should say fortunately. Um, It'll turn. Well, we do have a number of, there are a number of tests beyond the eye test to validate that something is or isn't gold. Okay. Uh, so no, you could not uh, swindle anyone into starting a pyrite mine. No one would go for that. Oh, I mean, not starting a mine, but if you find some and you sell it to a sucker, you're like, hey, okay, this. that's right. Yes, I probably could leverage my expertise, so to speak, as a geologist and, and speak to someone who doesn't know as much and convince them that to pay me $5 for gold that isn't gold. Well, not $5, and they're not going to fall for it. <laughs> wow, I'm a horrible person. Yeah, don't give me any ideas. It's okay. You're, you know what? You're right. Ethical geologist. An ethical geologist. You would not do exactly. That. Exactly. So, not not all that lusters is not all gold, that guys. Gold. It might be fool's gold. It might be fool's gold. And so, uh, as you might kind of imagine, uh, no geologists actually use that saying to refer to gold. Uh, and of course, the saying itself, we're not actually talking about gold. It's not advice for finding gold in a rock. Uh, it has life applications. It's metaphorical. Uh, and I think the kind of immediate interpretation is that not everything is what it seems. And sometimes when you're looking for something uh, that you think has value, you might be tricked, right? You might think you found the right thing. You might invest in something only to then realize that you kind of fell prey to the, to the glitter of it. Oh no. Oh no. Like a failed stock market investment. <laughs> Sure, exactly, like a failed stock market investment. This one's it. <laughs> um, hmm, okay, can you give us like, do you have a personal a example? A personal example, yes, I, uh, I knew this question was coming. <laughs> uh, I think for me, and I, I'll be 
certain to spare the details. But for me, when I think about that concept, right, of, of being tricked into going for something because of the glitter or the luster or the, the kind of superficial characteristics that make you think it's something else, uh, actually the first thing I thought of was personal relationships and people. Mm-hmm. Meeting someone who you think checks your boxes or who passes that first eye test, who passes that, you know, first three or four hanging out or date or whatever it is. Oh, you say first eye test. So they're attractive. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not (laughs) a metaphorical eye test and the literal eye test. It can be both. Um, But you just, you think that someone, uh, I think when people meet, they sometimes uh, put out versions of themselves that aren't necessarily the real thing, or maybe it's an exaggerated version or a, a kind of manufactured or, or trim and proper version of themselves. Oh, gosh, not me. All the, <laughs> all the way right from the first meeting. Um, and I think that can be the glitter sometimes, right? Sometimes you fall for that. And it's not that it's something to fall for, and, and it's not that these people are necessarily bad people. It's just maybe they're not what you're looking for, or it's not the kind of thing that you were looking to get involved with. Uh, and it's not until later in the relationship, whether it's a platonic or romantic one, that you realize, oh, shoot, this is fool's gold. You know, I, I kind of fell for the glitter, but this isn't the real oh thing. Oh, my God. It's brutal. <laughs> um, and I think that that's okay. I think that sometimes, uh, and I guess I'll just direct it towards dating for the sake of simplicity. Uh, I think sometimes in your dating life, it's important to have those uh, those moments of falling for quote unquote the wrong thing or the wrong thing for you because it helps you realize what the right thing is, right? Everyone has to- Or just what you don't want. <laughs> sure, exactly, right? If you, uh, if you think, if you find fool's gold a bunch of times, you're actually getting better at recognizing what gold really looks like because now you can look at fool's gold and be like, oh, it's definitely not that, right? Mm -hmm. Even if you've never seen gold before, you start to realize what it isn't. Um, It's a perfect way to tie it together. Oh my gosh, I know. Geology is just uh, (laughs) a fountain of of life advice. Um, And so I, I think in that sense... Uh, it's never a cause for shame or embarrassment or regret that you thought fool's gold was gold. Uh, these, those are all experiences that you learn from and it helps you get better at identifying for you what gold actually looks like. Oh my gosh. I totally thought of something like my own experience when you said like, oh, or even like a platonic relationship. And then I thought about how back in high school, you know how there's my high school wasn't really clicky, but you did know who was popular. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And I had a popular friend who really wanted me to be their best friend for whatever reason. Thanks for choosing me. Um, and it, like, it got to the point where she would call me every day to hang out. And sometimes I would hand the phone to my dad. I'd be like, yeah, sure, just let me ask my dad. And then I would mouth to my dad. I'd be like, say no. Say no. And if I didn't do my chores, my dad would be like, yeah, sure, go ahead. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, but, and then at first I was like, this is great. You know, I, she wants me to be her best friend. Like, she makes me feel great. But then she was actually kind of a bully. Sure. And I didn't realize that until hanging out with her more and more, she would judge what other people were wearing she would literally laugh in their face to be like what what is that and and you could see that she would hurt people's feelings like in their faces Mm -hmm. it would show and kudos to me even though i was young i i knew like that that is not yeah absolutely what i want and i just distanced myself from her 
I didn't straight up be like, you're a bully, you're mean, I don't want to hang out with you. But I was like, whoa, like, I'm not okay with this. And I would call her out and be like, you shouldn't sure. laugh yeah, in people's faces. You probably shouldn't, like, comment, like, negatively yeah. comment on how they look. And, yeah, I definitely relate to how you explained the cliche. It's like, at first, it's like, this is great. And then after... It's like, no, this is not, Yeah, absolutely. this is not me. <laughs> this does not align with what I believe in. I think I can give another uh, example from my life that maybe isn't so black and white um, in terms of kind of, you know, negative qualities in a person that make you realize, oh shoot, that's not the kind of person I wanna be associated with. Mm -hmm. um, when I was in uh, doing my undergrad, I dated a girl for about a year. And I think it was very much, in retrospect, when I look at it, kind of a convenience relationship in the oh, sense that, no. <laughs> I know, and it's, it's silly to kind of say out loud with the gift of hindsight. Um, but I think at the time, I was just stressed with school. I had a lot of you know classwork and extracurriculars going on. And here was someone who lived close to me, who was very easy to be around. We enjoyed each other's company in a very kind of uh, casual or, or fun way. Uh, and we did absolutely, like, I'm, I'm not trying to paint this as like a, a casual thing. Uh, she was a very generous person. She was very kind. Uh, and I, I, we did care about each other quite a lot. But as the relationship went on, and as I think as I began to realize uh, where I saw myself over the next three, five, ten years, uh, I realized that it didn't align with her direction in life. And it's oh. not a right or wrong thing. It's not a bad or, or good thing. It's just two different people. And that realization was difficult for me, and it was difficult for her, but absolutely it was the right decision. And I think that's just another example of... Again, I don't want to maybe phrase it this time as getting tricked by the glitter, but of thinking you found gold and then realizing that later on uh, your definition of gold is, is different or has changed, has evolved, right? Oh. Uh, I think when we, when we were talking earlier about what is valuable about gold, I think one of the, as we said, the, the strange and, and bizarre qualities of gold is that its value is, is given by us largely. Oh, yeah. Right? I think gold is ugly, to be honest. Well, and there you go. <laughs> yeah. Right? And there it is. Quite literally, <laughs> quite literally different, uh, different opinions on the value of gold. And then in, you know, kind of the metaphorical or cliche sense of it, um, when, where gold just represents the thing that you're looking for, I think that that absolutely can change with time. And so it doesn't need to be always painted as the right thing and the wrong thing, but just as the thing that you value or that you're looking for. Uh, and sometimes that's a moving target. Oh my gosh. You just you just took it to another level. <laughs> wow. Okay, okay, okay. Got it. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, oh my gosh. My ex bought me a gold necklace. Oh, <laughs> that was a sign. It all lines up. That was up. a sign. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I don't even like gold. So maybe, I don't know. Hindsight. Hindsight. It's 2020. Oh gosh. <sighs> So then, I don't know. I still kind of feel bad for that girl in your I do, your too. I mean, story. it's, like, yeah. Ouch, like, I feel her pain. Yeah, it was, uh, it wasn't fun for either of us. Again, it was definitely, and we both would agree, the right decision. I don't think it's fair to anyone to be in a relationship where the emotional investment is, uh, uh, isn't yeah. equal, right? So your goals just weren't the same? Yeah, I think we just were going in different directions. I think I looked at my 20s as a period of 
individuality. I think that I have a lot of selfish goals that I'd like to... Like most men. <laughs> no. I feel like that's that's an unnecessary cheap shot. Um, <laughs> kidding, I, just kidding. Like, like most... Don't come for me. Like most 20-something-year-olds in this day and age, I think that I, I felt... Um, that there were a lot of things that I wanted to do for me, career-wise, travel-wise, experience-wise. I don't think that's a gendered thing to say, for the record. Uh, And I think that she felt that she she was looking at things in, in more of a, I guess, traditional oh, may, Or maybe she thought a companion could enhance all those experiences. Yeah, potentially. <laughs> uh, I think our idea of what experiences we would like to have in our 20s didn't line up see, uh, super well. And again, it's it's not a right or wrong yeah, thing. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't think it's, it's just, it's you know. different. Yeah, exactly. So then, <laughs> place, saying how comparing gold and how we put value as it and maybe our values change. Looking back at, or trying to put yourself in old, I don't want to say old, young. Oh, you know what? It makes more sense to say young. In young Elliot's shoes versus current Elliot, how have your values changed? And um, don't don't go over your values about everything. (laughs) A long long list. But the one that has gone through the most change, I guess. Wow. Uh, I know, it's so I was, deep. Yeah, I was not expecting to have to, I thought we were just going to so talk deep. about rocks. Uh, <laughs> um, I think overall, I'm a very similar person to the person that I was back then, but I think something that has uh, changed, and this change is ongoing uh, between then and now, say four years ago, I was in the middle of an undergraduate degree, and I put a lot of pressure on myself um, academically and professionally to get ahead and stay ahead and and kind of climb those ladders. Um, I'm a pretty high energy person. I have a lot of enthusiasm and energy for the things that I do. I like a lot of things. Uh, And I, I, four years ago, was choosing to invest all of that energy into my school and into my work. And I don't regret that. I don't think that that was necessarily a bad way of doing things, Mm -hmm. but I think as I've grown, uh, I have started to recognize that life isn't just for me, and for some people it is, but for me, life isn't just uh, geology, as much as I do legitimately love it and have a real passion for it. uh, I equally love and have passions for other things and that those things are deserving of my time and energy as well. You do have a lot of hobbies. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, And that's, that can be a difficult change to make because it can come uh, at a cost to the thing that you're taking time and energy away from, right? And it's not like I'm now failing all my classes or my research sucks or I never, I'm always unemployed. Like I, I still am a great geologist, um, self-promotion, but... <laughs> Hire him. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but I think, you know, taking, going down from say 100% to, to 90% and then taking that 10% and putting it into your hobbies, putting it into the people in your life, putting it into to volunteering or whatever it is that you also want to fill your time with, mm-hmm. uh, I think has been a really positive change for me. And it's a change that I see continuing moving forward in my life. I don't think that I will ever, uh, well, I shouldn't say that, but where I sit right now, you I can't, can't. You can't speak <laughs> for future. Yeah, exactly. But I can't see myself regressing to a state where I am so singularly focused and, and so singularly investing my energy. Uh, and I think overall that's been a really positive change for me. Wow. 
Cool. But you didn't expect that. No, I, I don't think I would have. Uh, I think younger me would look at this and be like, you hippie, like, <laughs> get a job. What are you doing? <laughs> well, we have some time left. So did you want to clear up any misconceptions about geologists or anything like that? Um, Now's your time. Let me think. Yeah. If I can speak for all geologists. <laughs> <laughs> You're the token geologist. Yeah. Um, you represent all. Okay. Uh, I had a taxi driver uh, once ask me what I did, and I said I was a geologist. Uh, and he said, oh, cool, like bones and shit? And I said, no, not really. And he said, oh, like maps and stuff. And I said, okay, also, you know, not quite really. Um, we're not paleontologists. Some of us are, but for the large part, we're not, you know, working in Jurassic Park. Uh, and we are not geographers. We do not study you know, geographical maps of where no, countries are honest. and stuff. When you told me you were a geologist, I was like, oh, maps. Yeah, exactly. And that's totally fair. The words are similar. And most people know very little about geology. Uh, it's not really part of our kind of high school or primary education. How did you it's, get into it? Uh, I love being outside. And I knew that while I liked science, neither physics, chemistry, or biology was for me. And so geology was just kind of a, I hope this works. And it did. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Are we actually running out of time? Because there's like another thing. I feel like I would be, I would regret if we went through the whole episode and I didn't bring up Smash Mouth. What? <laughs> okay. No, we're not running out of time. Go awesome. Ahead. Okay, cool. Because this was going to be my favorite part. I, when I saw the cliche, um, not all that glitters is gold. Uh, the first thing I thought uh, upon reading it was the song All Star by Smash Mouth. Many people might be familiar uh, with it from the Shrek movie. Uh, oh, the, okay, yeah, yeah. Or okay. you're a Smash Mouth fan, which is probably less likely. Yeah, um, I was like, what? <laughs> but they, they repeat the line, all that glitters is gold. And all that glitters Oh, yeah, they is do. Gold. Multiple times in the song, yeah. which is taking this and turning it on its head, right? It's saying that, uh, you know, gold isn't some super rare, ultra elite, valuable, special thing. Uh, if it glitters, screw it. It's gold, right? And that song... Um, is kind of a, a song about, I guess, energy or enthusiasm for life and road less traveled by. It's one of those uplifting, uh, this is how you should well, live Well, I mean, your life it kind of starts things. with, hey, now you're a rock star. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, and, so, uh, and so to me, that's kind of a neat twisting around of the phrase. And, and I think despite everything that we've said, um, about looking for kind of your gold and on those big decisions. Uh, I think that on a day-to-day -day basis, kind of taking that approach of all that glitters is gold is kind of a neat way of, of going about things. Uh, I don't think it's kind of many people's natural inclination, but I think oh, yeah. that mindset of just being easily positive. excitable and, uh, and yeah, choosing to be positive yeah. about the good things that you see on a day-to-day -day basis uh, is, I mean, you got to think that's like how dogs live or something. You know how dogs are just like, yeah. <laughs> they just get excited about everything all the time, even if they've seen it before or been there before or whatever, it's always fun. And, uh, you know, I don't think that Many people could live that way. I think that would be exhausting and kind of fake. But Yeah, okay, maybe not all the time. <laughs> but, but I think, you know, be, trying to be more mindful or conscious of positive things that happen is kind of an, uh, a neat mindset to have, I guess. Um, and Probably really rare, too. I think it's something that you can work on. I don't think it's oh, yeah, for sure. anyone you can always... is born with. Yeah. Um, but I think naturally people just 
are like, yeah, this happened to me. This small inconvenience happened sure. today, so yeah. now everything's just, you know. Yeah, well, I think we're very, uh, we're very quick to to recognize, yeah, the the inconveniences. I think that it's again, people's or certainly mine. Uh, my kind of base reaction is that unless it's like obviously positive or obviously happy or obviously awesome. Uh, I maybe don't notice it or pay as much attention to it as I could be. Um, you know, sometimes it's really easy to be like, wow, this is gold, right? Like sometimes you're on vacation and you take a hike or you're swimming or you're whatever it is that is just, you know, your, your heaven, your paradise. And when you're there, it's like, yeah, absolutely, this is gold. But when I'm walking to school and I see a cat and it's kind of cute, do I necessarily stop and think, wow, that's a really cute cat? And I do. I know. I and, pet it too. <laughs> and you're a very positive and energetic person, right? I think those are Thanks. recognizing those kinds of things day to day in your life and paying as much attention to the little happy things as you do to the little inconveniences uh, is, is kind of a neat way of, of going about stuff. And again, it's that all that glitters is gold thing, right? It doesn't need to be the best or the most valuable or the most esteemed. Oh you can still gosh. kind of get something out of this it. This is why you got stuck with all the fool's gold. <laughs> wow. Mystery solved. Mystery solved. Geology has all the answers. Mm-hmm. Well, sure. <laughs> <laughs> And thanks for um, agreeing to recording this yeah, no episode problem. with My me. Pleasure. And I know you were a bit scared. I don't want to say scared, maybe nervous at first because I didn't give you much, uh, I guess. Guidance? Yeah. Expectations? Um, yeah. Um, instructions? I, I told you. Information? It's just, <laughs> it's just <laughs> the conversation steers itself. You're right. Absolutely. But yeah, thanks for recording this episode with me and thank you to the audience for listening if you are listening i'm so grateful and tune in next week for another episode of another cliche podcast